Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colm, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. This is Dan Spath. He's one of our elders. And this is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets, where, prophet, where we look at the Old Testament, we crack it open, and we see how it applies today and how it connects to Jesus. Uh, if you're listening to this on the Heart and Hands podcast, I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share the video. That really helps us out. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 17 tonight. I'm real excited to get into it. I know for y'all, y'all have had a, had a fun time watching that interview over the last month or so, and so we're excited to get back into the text. Of course, for us, it's uh, just the next next week, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. anyway, we really hope, church, that that interview has blessed you, that that, that, uh, that conversation was a blessing to you. Um, oh, if this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to partner with us, I want to encourage you to head over at, uh, head over to our website at www.churchofvictoria.com. There's a donate button there at the top of the page. Go ahead and click that. It'll take you over to PayPal. And you can partner with us as we seek to teach uh, the scriptures, teach the word. Absolutely. Well, and we've had some people do that, and it's been a real blessing for this. It has been. Where we can, uh, you know, we've got all kinds of plans of doing different kind of camera stuff and everything, and all that costs money. So, you know, but it'll be good. It'll be good. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you so much for the for the word that you blessed us with. Father, as we uh, as we get into it this morning, uh, this evening, I pray, Father, that you'd help us to uh, to understand and and to have the courage to apply these things to our lives. Father, we thank you so much for uh, for your uh, uh, willingness to talk to us and share with us and and grow us through the word. We know that our faith has grown through through study of the word, and we thank you for that. And we just pray, Father, that as we study this this uh, what happened in history that we can uh, connect it to where what happened to us, for us with Jesus, and we thank you for that as well. Bless us this this evening as we study, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hmm. Well, it is morning, and it's hard to it's hard to remember sometimes that this is evening stuff, and we're doing it morning. And if we look a little slow, it's because we are. It's at seven thirty in the morning. Well, we're dragging just a little bit. Well, and we had that cold spell. Yeah, come through. came through and, you know, everything kind of, you know, so. Slowed anyway. down with it. <laughs> so, no excuses, but that there's an excuse. Well, we're going to be in Exodus 17. And, you know, uh, last time we, we finished out 16, the manna that came down from heaven, the the stipulations with their need to trust God and their need to do their need to do the things he has told them to do. In 17, we're going to see him provide in a different way. But along that theme, with that theme in mind, God providing. Why, Dan, can we be so confident that God is going to provide? Well, something I've thought about just a while ago. We, when we first started this or early on, I read a text from, from Romans 15. It says everything written in the past was written for our encouragement. So, and so as, we, as we watch the endurance that happens, that we can learn from those things. We can learn from what happened. And one of the things we learn is, is that God's a very loving father. He's a very, he's a very benevolent father. He gives to, to his people. He shared with them everything. You know, he, he loved them. He had a plan for them. When it went sideways is when they would not do what he told them. But he always provided for them. You know, we've already looked at him providing manna. We've already looked at him. We're going to see today him providing water for them. He's always provided protection. So if we're learning these things from history, and we know this is who God is, then wouldn't, isn't it logical 
that he's going to provide for us as well. To, but to what extent? You know, one thing, and I agree with you. Yes, it's logical. We should absolutely, and we do absolutely take away from this that God is a loving father who provides, and we we can bank on that. We can take mm -hmm. it to the bank. But one thing you said I want to push on just a bit. You said that, you know, they they're not they're not doing what he said. Mm -hmm. But he didn't ask him to do anything in Exodus 16. And he's not asking No, no, him I'm not talking about anything. Exodus. But oh. so far. What we've seen so far. It, when when you when we pick it up in Exodus and mm -hmm. with Moses, God's got a plan. Right. Okay? Mm -hmm. God's gonna call Moses. Moses don't like it, but God's gonna call him. And because God's got a plan, and he said, He said, You come tell him you tell Pharaoh to do what? Let my who? Let my people go. Let them go. And uh, and we see God now they get they get uh, punished by Egypt and all that, but God is has He's going to deliver them. Mm -hmm. He's going to provide everything they need, and He's going. To, and when it goes south is when they decide, you know what, we want to go back. Mm. We want to go back. This isn't any fun. We want to go back. So a key component of obedience is trust. Absolutely, they have, have to trust Him. And they're have not to trust, trusting Him. I have to trust that when I get thirsty, God's going to provide for it, but He may not do it today. Mm. May not do it tomorrow. He's going to do it, though. Yes, because he promised me he's going to take care of me. I'm his child. You know, I mean, your children ask you for things all the time. Right. Do you always give it to them? No. Do you always give them the things they do ask for that's legitimate? Do you always give it to them right away? No. Maybe you got plans. Maybe you're doing something else. You know, and maybe I, you know, I can't do it. You know, Daddy, I want a new bike. Well, you know that that little boy needs a new bike, but you've already got plans. I'm going to give it to him for Christmas. Or I'm going to give it to him on his birthday. His birthday is 10 months away. He's going to get his bike. But you're going to ride that for, for right now. And we'll fix the tire. And and we'll get all that done. But you're going to get your bike. But it's going to be. Yeah just, yeah. just the other day they came and they wanted snacks. You mm -hmm. know. We want snacks. And I'm like. No. We're not doing that. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we're making dinner. <laughs> yeah. You need to wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you see, God's the same way. And he says, he says, he's a better father than we're going to ever be. Mm. He said, he knows how to do it better. So I know that he's going to provide for me. And it's the, the faith part that you've been talking about on Sunday morning. You just thought we're going to do part two this, this, well, they will have already seen it. Yes. But, uh, uh, we're looking forward to part two and we did it in our small group. We talked about faith and what it was and how it, how it navigates through the church and all that. And, uh, you know, it's that's a trust where I, I, that's a belief that caused me to act. Well, and it's upsetting. You know, when my kids, I, when my kids don't, you know, it's it's like sometimes I watch my kids and I'm like, do you do you not think I know that you need to eat? Mm -hmm. Have I ever not fed you? Yeah. Like, why are you confused? Like, why why don't you? Why don't you trust me? And I think it, it's even more so for God, especially in this case where he's leading in a, like leading in a very visible way as this pillar of cloud and pillar mm -hmm. of fire. And he's he's done all of these visible things for these people, these miraculous things that, you know, what what in the world could could we possibly doubt here? Well, and yet they else, do. Something else, too. Your children have no clue, no concept of long term. Hmm. They are they are. Creatures of the moment. I'm hungry now. I'm hungry. I want my bike. I want it now. I need, I need a bike. Don't you see my bike's out flat? I need a bike. You know, I want it now. Adults, on the other hand, are we 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 can see to a limit, to a point, long term. Okay. God said, I'm looking long term. What's the t what we just got through where he gave them manna? Mm. You know, what was the long term? 
I'm bringing Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing Jesus. You don't know that because you're in the short term. You're right now. Uh, we're hungry. We're, well, well, we, what are we supposed to eat here? Well, we had food enough, but we were in Egypt. Why don't we just go back to Egypt? You yeah. see? And God says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And, and it's a wonder because it says, where's the text? At? It's in John. No, it's in, uh, I forget where it's at, but he said he put up, he put up with their, with their attitudes and their, and their, during the wandering, he put up with it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of times God would should was thinking, you know what? Done. Startled. Well, well, people always say, right? Well, why doesn't God go set up on a mountain? Mm -hmm. Right. I've talked to numerous people and this is their thing. Like if God is real, why don't you just go set up on a mountaintop somewhere? Because then everyone would just do what he said. It's like, no, we've been there. He done that. He done that. And it didn't work. And they didn't work. No, it didn't work. Nobody did. You know, I mean, I think this, you know, if you look at John chapter six, you know, what he said in John chapter six, you know, this is God's vision down the road. Okay. And, and here in John chapter six, let's see, where is it? 32. Uh, 32. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. That manna didn't give life to the world. It only gave life to the Israelites, right? Right. And he said, sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. See, and here, that's alluding to the next one that he's fixing to do in, in Exodus chapter 17. Well, this was the plan. Ever since the fall, this has been what God has been working Absolutely. Towards. He promised Abraham, through your line, mm-hmm. through your family, all mm-hmm. nations of the world will be blessed. Yep. And so he's been leading towards this direction. He wants to do it through the Israelites. And the Israelites in Exodus 16 and 17, and we're going to see it over and over again mm-hmm. in 19. In 19, they reject God completely. Yeah. You know, and we'll get to that. People are like, wait a minute, Exodus 19, for those who, who know the word, Exodus 19, isn't that where they, they entered into covenant with God? Yeah, before they entered, they rejected. Yeah. And then right after they entered, they rejected again. Yeah. So, but we'll get there. We'll get there. So Exodus 16, you're right. They rejected God. They said, we don't have enough food. They want to go back to Egypt. God provided a manna anyway, and they still wouldn't listen to him. They still wouldn't trust him there. Well, but why did he provide them the manna anyway? You know, why are you, you know, if your son, you know, if, if, if you get your bike fixed, Okay, you get it fixed. Birthday comes, Easter, I mean, Christmas comes, whatever. You say, yeah, bike's fixed. What do I need to buy a bike for? Well, because you promised that, I mean, he, he, he needs a bike. He needs a bigger bike. Your plan is, I need to get him, you know, he, I need to get him more coordinated. He needs a bigger bike. He can't ride his little bitty, little bitty thing anymore. And so the plan is unfolding. Right. For him to become at some point proficient enough in his hand-eye coordination where he can do other things besides just ride a bike. But that's part of the plan for you as a father. I'm going to get him to a point where I can I can, uh, uh, I can, can put him in a car. You know, Kevin has already had Connor in, a, in heavy equipment already with him sitting right next to him and him using a great big front-end loader and a backhoe. And, you know, and he's, and he's right there to... But, Getting him ready for down the road where he can hand eye and all that stuff, and he can do these things if he wants to. He can be well versed enough, and he can do that stuff. Well, that's what God's doing. You know, He says, "I got a plan. I, I'll, I'll put up with your your insolence. I'll put up mm-hmm. with your negativity because I I've got a plan. I'm going to give you the manna, even though probably I ought to punish you and not give it to you at all. But yeah, I'm going to give it to you because it's going to show you. It's going to point to something else. That's right down the road. So, and in Exodus 17, we're going to see a very similar dynamic. Yeah. yeah. 
So the whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin. This is Exodus 17, verse 1, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So this is an opportunity. And I think sometimes we forget that when we when we run into something that we need, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we J Jess and I, when we went to Sunset, we lived on support. And that first, I've talked about it before, you know, that that those that first few months, you know, I thought I had everything well in hand, right? We're going to go up there. I've got job interviews lined up. I'm a paramedic. It should be easy to find work. And I can't find anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching the money we raised for support to move up there and the money we had in savings. I'm watching all of that fly out the window here thinking that I was going to have a job. And I didn't. And it was stressful. It yeah. was stressful. And I remember, I remember being so like, cause I, I'd always worked from the time I was 17 <laughs> years old. I'd always worked here. I am, you know, 26 and going to sunset, 26, 27, going to sunset. And, uh, you know, I can't find a job and I've, I've got education. I've got all this stuff. I'm supposed to be in the, and I can't, so I'm we're and we're doing what God wanted us to do. We moved across the state to go to school, to learn, to learn the word and to learn, do all these things. And now we're sitting there and I'm going, well, now what? I don't have any money. I've got kids to feed. You know, these these are opportunities where we trust God. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people, when they, they come across a difficulty in their life, there's no water for the people to drink. They're in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. You know, this is an opportunity to trust God. something else we need God. to remember, Cole, is, is there are people around us. You may have all kinds of trust. <clears throat> you may have all kinds of confidence. You may have all kinds of faith. But there are people that you, that you just came up to in a grocery store that uh, they may have a smile on their face because they're taught to do that and trained to do that. But... Uh, but they may be just as miserable as they can be and just as scared as they can be on the inside. That's why it's so important for us to spread the, spread the word and, and teach the gospel because that's what gives them hope. Yeah, We give we can help them give them hope because we're confident. And I think we need to talk confident. We need to talk like we, we believe in God. We need to talk like God is there for us, even in the bad stuff. So in Peter, he says we are royal priests. Mm -hmm. right? First which, Peter chapter 2. Which is interesting for a lot of reasons, but we're not going to get into some of that today. But he says we're royal priests. Priests, what are priests? Mm -hmm. Priests are supposed to be God to the people. Yeah. And so, church, if you're out there and you're freaked out and you're worried and you're concerned and you're looking like the world, you're wrong. Yeah. You should know better. And if you don't know better, it's because you're not in the word and you're not praying like you should. Yeah. You should not be afraid when the president does things that you don't like, when the Supreme Court does things that you don't like, when Congress, when Russia, when Ukraine, when all this stuff is kicking off, you shouldn't be worried. Because you're a member of the church, you should know who's in charge. Yeah. God's got this. God's got this. It might not work out the way it's we think. It's part of the plan. It's, he's but, working. But remember, we're five years old. And we just came to the God and said, "I want a new bike." That's right. I don't care if the if the if there's a supply chain problem and there's no bike. I don't care. God want a bike. Church, we need to trust God. Definitely, we need exactly to trust right. God because it brings Him glory and honor when we do. But we also need to trust God because we're supposed to be preaching a message of hope. That's right. And we're supposed to be God. To Very the world. difficult to do that when you're light. when you're as miserable as they are. That's right. All right. So this is an opportunity. Are they going to take the opportunity to trust God? Nope. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. And just like in 16, I said this when we went through 16, the first time I read through this is they have a legitimate complaint here. 
You need food. You need water. Look, I work. I, I was in the United States Army, okay? I, I In San Antonio, Camp Bullis, that's where we did our field training mm -hmm. in the middle of summer. Mm -hmm. Did our field training, ooh, ooh, ooh. okay? I'm talking about 15-kilometer hikes carrying patients through the wilderness. Let me tell you something. You need food and you need water. <laughs> I am fully aware of this. We actually had guys in training. It was so hot. We had guys in training. During the training where we were supposed to be carrying pseudo fake casualties 15 we were carrying real heat casualties 15 kilometers <laughs> to a checkpoint because we had guys going out i mean it turned into a real medical emergency very quickly yeah where if we didn't get these guys out of the heat and hydrated quick we were gonna have some problems and so i understand that so when i read this my initial impression of this text is the israelites have a legitimate complaint this is not they quarreled like they went up to moses and said hey moses you know, we have people falling out. You know, we know the Lord's going to provide. Where is he going to provide? That's not what they did here. No. They went up to Moses and said, we don't trust you. We don't trust God. There's no water. Where's the water? Yeah. Right? With yeah. the understanding that it wasn't an expectation. It was a serious doubt here. Mm -hmm. And so let, I want to make that very clear. So Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Right? But here's what you're really doing. Why are you putting the Lord to the test church i'm gonna be i'm gonna be real frank here hmm. questioning the leadership that god has put into position in a congregation is a very dangerous situation i know church a lot of times we're not we're not as familiar as we should be with other church writings but in the apostolic fathers these are the guys that wrote letters and books and all these things right after the apostles wrote there's a letter called first clement it's improperly attributed to clement of rome but it is from the church of rome to the church at corinth this is right after the time of the apostles and the church in corinth has thrown out all their elders and the church in rome is writing to the church in corinth to reinstate those elders because they're the so what I'm getting at here, church, is when you come at the leadership of a congregation, you need to understand what you're doing. You are literally putting the Lord to the test because the Lord has put in, in place this eldership. You may not agree. You, in, Dan, I disagree with you all the time about stuff, but he is still the elder. With the elders that we have here are still the elders, and it's very important that we yield to those elders. Very, very important, church. And so when we quarrel with the God's leadership, we are literally turning around and telling the Lord, we don't trust what he's doing. We don't trust what he's done. It's what we're communicating. It's a very serious thing. But the people were thirsty in verse three for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst, right? So it's a questioning of that intent. It's not just a simple, we need water, mm -hmm. right? Where is God going to provide the water? That would have been fine. Let's make that very clear looking for how God is going to come through on his word is a good thing. Yeah. But that's not what they're doing. They doubt. Why do you even bring us up out of Egypt? Surely it wasn't to save us and set us free. Obviously, it was so we could die of thirst. <laughs> yeah, that's what God was doing. What happens, what we do is we, we start getting incoherent, don't make any sense. Oh, my God. We start, we start blaming things on God that, that it just doesn't make any sense. So, anyway. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am, I, what am I to do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. So this was such a contentious issue that it's not like you got a bunch of people standing there like this, upset, right? It's like you got people doing this, looking around for rocks. Yeah. 
My gosh, my gosh. So in verse five, the Lord answered Moses, go out in front of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. My, my naturalistic upbringing wants me to go, wants me to make sense of this, right? It wants me to say he struck the rock and a piece of rock broke off and there was an underground stream that sprung uh -uh. out. But nope. that's not what happened nope. here. Mm -mm. Water came out of the rock. It was a flat rock. Think about it like mental. We don't know if it was, we don't know what it actually looked like, but think but to help you understand what this is. This wasn't like Moses, God led Moses to an underground stream. Okay, that's not what happened here. He went up to a rock, a solid boulder, took his staff, hit it, and water came gushing out of that rock. It is a metaphysical impossibility mm -hmm. what just occurred. Yep. I've I've I don't think I've ever really grappled with that, but that's what just occurred. Mm -hmm. Okay. For a god that could bring water from a rock, I think for me in my mind the, the immediate question I come to is what exactly can this god not do? I mean, that should have well, already wait, been done. Well, I, you know, <laughs> come on. He he split a sea and they walked across on dry ground. I I understand. I understand, but this <laughs> of all I mean, yes, but this I think shouldn't the, the pillar me. of cloud been a clue? But yeah, I mean, a pillar a of fire. I mean, yeah, a, a clue. A, come on, dude. A pillar <laughs> of fire shouldn't that have been a clue? I think for I think in some cases it's just so radical. It's just so uh, incredible. Th th think about it. think about it. Have you ever? You've never hunted, really, right? No, not really. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, dove hunting. Okay. You ever hunted quail? No. You ever hunted quail? Mm -mm. These quail came in so thick they couldn't walk. I mean, that's how the quail were. That's a, you want to talk about a physical impossibility? <laughs> if you know anything about quail, you know, that, that's not how they operate. Right. Okay? You know, people hunt them with dogs because they're so elusive and they're so hard. You know, if you don't know, they'll spring up on you and fly and you can't hit them because they're, they're you know, it just, and if you hit them and wound them, if you have a dog, your life will never find them because they'll they get on the ground and they can run faster than they can run, man. I mean, oh, them little legs are going. They can run wounded. Wow. You know, and here these quail were thick on the ground, manna from heaven, and now he's hit a rock and rock come gushing out of a solid rock. That doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. I mean, you're looking at it going, yeah. You know, at some point, maybe I need to stop. Maybe I need to stop. Maybe I need to stop. Doubting him and just wait to see what he's going to do next. Because yeah. he's going to do something next. I don't know what, but he's going to do something next. Never mind. But, uh, you know, he, it's a. If you haven't silenced your cell phones yet. <laughs> <laughs> what is this God going to do? Now? I mean, it's, it's so, it's almost like any complaint you would have at this point is just ludicrous. Well, like we talked about a while ago, when you understand that we're we're looking we're in the we're in the moment. We're like children we're in a moment. I'm thirsty now. I'm hungry now. And God says, "Okay, I know that. Don't you think I know that? But I still got a plan. And I, I'm waiting for the right time so you will absolutely know what's going on here." That's exactly what he's doing here. Yeah. You know, if you turn over to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and and look at what he says here. 
First Corinthians chapter 10, he's writing to the church at Corinth. This is Paul writing to Paul the writing to the church at Corinth. For I do not, and we're in verse 1, for I don't want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and they all passed through the sea. Now, who's he talking about? The same people we're reading about. That's what he's talking about. He said, I want you to know our ancestors are the same people that, that, that these people. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. That means they were all, you know, entrenched in him. He was their leader. He was following them. You know, they were following him around. They all ate the same spiritual food. And drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. You know, so what was God's plan? Way back here, he's waiting to bring water from the rock, and he said, I want you to know that thousands of years later, I'm going to have, I'm going to write a text. I'm going to write something through, through a man named Paul. You don't know him, but through a man named Paul, and let you know that what happened here, Jesus was there. And Jesus provided the water. In verse 6, in 1 Corinthians 10, it continues, Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Church, when we fail to trust God. Absolutely. Absolutely. When we fail to trust him, when we, fail, when we, when we look at him and assign evil intentions and evil <laughs> motives, when we forget that he has already said he's going to see to our needs, and when we, instead of looking for how he's going to do that, for instead of watching and being patient and seeing how he's going to do that and communicating trust and dependence on how, on him doing those things, when we instead say, I don't trust God, yeah, I it, have to go out and... And it's not about, you know, there's a lot of that, that stuff out there. Well, if you send God your money, God will bless you. Oh my that's, gosh. That's not, that, that's no. not, God doesn't say that. God didn't say it. God says, if you're faithful to me and you're my child, I love you more than anything and I will take care of you. Now, it may not be the, Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, he said, he said, look at the lilies, look at the birds. God feeds them. Man, my wife hangs a hummingbird feeder out when hummingbirds come through. Mm -hmm. And you know, they, we have hummingbirds. I don't know if it's the same ones. We have hummingbirds when they come through, you know where they'll come? Hmm. That hummingbird feeder right now is laying on the ground. Because it's wind, you can't keep it. And it's been, and I, we had a hummingbird last year, came to that hummingbird feeder and went down on the ground and was looking at that hummingbird. That, because God's taking care of that. Well, I'm more important than hummingbird. Way more important. So that means God's going to take care of me. That's right. And Jesus said, Jesus said, if you can't even add an hour to your life, if you can't do that little thing, what are you worried about the rest of it for? God's going to take care of this. Adding an hour to someone's life is not a little thing. He also said, if you pursue my righteousness, these things, this food and clothing, those those things that will you need will be added. Absolutely. You. you know, I tell I tell people, <laughs> talking, I was talking to Lee the other day about something similar. I said, you want to know why I'm not a billionaire? Because God knows if I was a billionaire, I'd destroy myself. That's why. Absolutely. That's why. Absolutely. If God wanted me to have it, then I'd have it. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. I don't worry about those types of things. Uh, you know, God's got it. God's going to take, there are people in my life that if I need members of the church, if I need, I can go to them. If you're a member of the church, you have a whole bunch of people around you like But that. there are certain people in my life, certain people really close to me that I know that if I needed them for something, and I know that's true because I know when my son needed, mm. you know, some of them stepped up and, and it, and they stepped up in a, in a major way, you know, to, to help with his court thing and everything with his kids and all and it, just, it was that's been a while back but you know even when he was going to go to school you know uh, one of the members here found out about it mm -hmm. and uh, he was looking trying to get a grant 
well, we couldn't afford to pay him, help him, help him pay for it. And he was getting, trying to get a grant and the grant hadn't come through yet. And, uh, and he, uh, this late, and she called me out and she said, Dan, she said, what's this going on with Kevin? And I told her, and she said, she said, well, if the grant didn't come through, you call me, she said, I'll pay for it. And I'm going, what? She said, I'll pay for it. It was like over 10 grand. It was going to go to wellness school. And it was, the grant came through, we didn't need it. But she'd offered, right. man, you know, God knows what he's doing with the church. This is, this is what's happening with the church. And here he said, he said, water come from this rock and you think it's just water? I've gone, oh my gosh. You know, look at what's happening here. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a million, million and a half, two million people and all their animals. You know how much water that's going to take? You know, what a blessing to get to be used by God in such a way to care for his people. Yeah. You know, it's a huge, huge blessing. God God wants to care for his people, but for you to get to partner with him like that, yeah. when, when I, I when I first joined the church, right after I was obedient to the gospel, we came up to, we were driving <laughs> 30 miles to go up. Now, I worked... Uh, my job site was 130 miles away. That's how I got connected with this group. And so we drove Sunday morning, 130 miles to go to church. And when we got to church. That means um, if church started at nine, you had to leave house at six. We had to leave pretty early. Yeah, it was pretty. It was that means you early. had to get how many kids you have then? All three? All three. So yeah. you had all three. So you had to get three kids, yourself and your wife, all ready. Yeah. And leave by, say, 545 to get there by nine o'clock to class. Yeah. Something like that. No, no, no. We didn't have to leave that early. Was it? Uh, how how far away was it? Maybe it wasn't that far. Maybe I'm getting the mileage wrong, but it was pretty far. It was from the Rio. We had to go drive from the Rio Grande Valley to Alice, Texas. Okay. Maybe that's not 130 miles. I need to go back and remember how many miles that is. So but we had to drive. It was it because it took us an hour and a half to get there. Okay. So it was about but. Right yeah, so miles, maybe 80 miles. Maybe, yeah, okay. So maybe okay. less on the miles. Okay. So I'm sitting there thinking about that. That time ain't right. It took us an hour and a half to get there, though. Okay, so that and means so, you, had to, you had to leave the house to get there early. You had to leave before 7 30. Right. With three kids. Yes. And a wife. And a, and a, yes. Okay. And so we're driving up there, and, you know, my wife hadn't even been obedient to the gospel yet. And we have a couple members come up to us and, say, and find when they find out how far we're driving to come, they said, You don't go home. You come stay with us. You can go home Monday morning. These people had never met me. We had never been, to, to put it into perspective, before we were Christians, the place where we were just attending, one of these kind of larger type type mm -hmm. institutions, nobody ever talked to us. Mm -hmm. We'd walk in, sit down. We stopped coming. We'd been going there a year and a half. Our kids were going to the kids program. Nobody called us. Nobody reached out to us. Nobody talked to us. We're there first day and people are inviting us to come stay with them. We're complete yeah. strangers yeah. to these people. But, but that but that was all here, God's vision down the road. These people didn't know that. Mm -mm. They have a clue. But you and I are reaping the benefits of re reaping the rewards of what's happening here because God's plan is unfolding to bring Jesus into the world. This happens to show that Jesus, that we're going to drink because Jesus said, said I, he tells the lady at the well, he said, I am the living John water. Orb, yeah. I'm the living water. You know, and she said, well, I want some of this to drink. And he said, he said, what? You know, she said, uh, you know, go call your husband. And she said, well, I don't have. Yeah, you're right. You've you got five husbands. The guy you're living with ain't even your husband. You know, and but he said, I'm the living water. You drink me. You ain't never going to need to drink again. Not talking about this kind of. But see, this was all physical. That's all spiritual. That was God's plan. They didn't know it. What's going on now that we don't know anything about that God's got a plan. That's why you don't grumble, complain, test. You don't, you don't gripe and bellyache about leadership or about a preacher, you know, 
Yeah, I mean, there, there's all kinds of th ways to handle that stuff the right way, biblical way. And God's saying, you know what? I got a plan. And if you don't watch out, I'm not going to let you be a part of it. That's that's bad. I so. mean, it's it's on every aspect. It's, yeah. do you want to communicate that we trust mm -hmm. God or not? And so in verse 7, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to go back. Verse Midway through verse 6. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. Verse 7. And he called the place Massah and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? There's a pillar of cloud I and a know. pillar of fire. How can you say, is it, you just got through eating manna. Is the Lord really among us? What? What? Get involved in people's lives, guys, in the church. And you'll find out real quick that God's among us. Mm -hmm. You'll find out real quick. Talk to anybody that teaches for any length of time. And I have taught before. I know other people have taught before and, and knew that I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. And the class was one of the best I've ever done. I knew it wasn't me. So you know what I knew about that class? God was there. God took what I couldn't do and turned it into what he could do. It was amazing. Man, I'm going, I'm sitting back going, did that really come out of my mouth? Where did that come from? You know, that's happened to me numerous times. I've, I've met, I've met members of the church who do not believe God is active in the church. Today. Oh, then they're, then they and understand church. This isn't, we're not trying to bash on anyone. No, we're no, not no, trying no. to do that. What we're no. trying to point out is God is active. He is, he is active and involved in his church today. We can trust him. Mm -hmm. And when we trust him, people believe the message of hope that we're right. bringing. That's and right. it's so, so important. So church, did, if you, did he not say where two or more gathered in my name, there I'll be also. Did he not say that? He did. And I know when there's only one of us, you know what I know? He's already there because the Holy Spirit is already with me. Matthew 28, 20. Yeah. You know, go and teach and baptize and do all that. And I'll be with I'll you be always, with you always even to the, end, to the, of the end, end of the age. Right. How can so, you say, I don't think God is active in the church today? Hmm. Well, maybe it's because the church looks like God's not active. Maybe that's why it is. I don't believe that's what's happening here. I believe we do look like God's, that we're active. And I believe God is, is absolutely involved in what we're doing here. I, there's too much good stuff going on. Too much good things happening. You know, I, I talked to somebody the other day and they, they had met someone that was a part of another church somewhere else. They were afraid they were going to close the doors because they couldn't get anybody to come back after coronavirus. Nobody was coming back. And they were, and they were dying. It was a church somewhere. I don't know where it was. And, uh, and they were concerned. That, that they might, because they had, they were back to only about 50% or 55% or something like 60%, something like that of people coming. And there, that means the money felt dried up, means people were having left preachers there, you know, and you, we've talked about it. People have laid off what's happening. You know, is God, is God, is God powerful enough through this coronavirus or not? Hmm. Can he fix this or not? Hey, we've had some people get sick. We've had some people die. Well, we've had one. You know, that I know of, I just got a call the other day and my, my brother's ex-wife died the other day. She's way younger than I am. Got a call from my, from my niece and she died. Mm -hmm. you know, got coronavirus, was compromised a little bit and died. So, it's serious. It's not, yeah, we're not, we're not saying it's, it it's not serious, but we have to understand church what we've, what we are supposed to be doing. We're not supposed to be running around like chickens with our heads cut off no. because there's some type of thing. No. We're supposed to be preaching yeah. the gospel because yeah. these people that are dying, some of them are dying without hope. Hey, you know, well, guys, I hope you enjoyed the class. I'm, you know, 
We wanted to bring you, we told you before, we're going to start bringing you to Jesus when we find him, when we find a connection to him. And that, and we didn't do it last week, the last time we, the last time we talked with the man, we tried to go back and connect it today. Uh, so you see that, that Jesus is alive and well. Jesus in the form, not in the form of Jesus, we know him, but in the form of God, you know, it said they drank from the same spiritual rock and that rock was Jesus Christ. That's who they drank from. Just like we get to, just like we get to eat of him and drink from him so that we can have life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be alive spiritually with you. Uh Father, we have no business calling ourselves your children. We know that you call us that and you died to make us that. And we thank you so much. Father, help us to be the faithful, loving children we're supposed to be. Forgive us when we fail you. Be patient with us when we're when we're uh, not doing what we're supposed to do. But Father, we ultimately we want we want to be the people we're supposed to be, so that we can encourage others to be the people that you want them to be. Thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.